I can have more printed, so at that same price. So, and we're not making, obviously, you know, nonprofit. We're not making any money off this. The price, the suggested donation um, amount on the back is the price we paid for the photo to have it printed. And I really just need a week to get another one printed, and then you can have it. So, some of those got a lot of families in them, and they would be great Christmas presents or birthday presents. So, if you need it for something like that, just let me know, and I'll get you all hooked up, and we'll get some new photos out there. And sorry. <laughs> no, you're great. I think that the better the like the blackmail factor mm -hmm. ought to be relative to the price to get it off the wall. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how we roll here? I mean, that's nothing new. All right, what's next? We back to our bulletin. Would everybody? F I have an assignment for you. You've got homework. You didn't know, but you've got homework. Do you see this postcard? Okay. Um, here, there's two rules with this postcard, okay? If you read something that's cute or you find something that you like, Kathy has worked her tail off, you need to tell her, okay? She needs the encouragement. The other rule is when you find a grammatical error or a punctuation error or something that you don't like, you can keep that to yourself. But if you just have to tell somebody... You have to tell me, okay? So, um, Kathy gets the positive. Any negative that you just can't hold back, that comes to me, okay? You may not tell Kathy about something you don't like. But it's really cute. We worked really hard on this. I hope you guys like it. But your homework is to give this to a friend, okay? We are going to mail out about 6,200 of these to our neighbors, right? But... When this, I mean, how many of you get something in your mailbox, right? You walk down to the little mailbox thing like once every two weeks and you fish that whole bit out and most of it you just put right into the trash, right? Because nobody gave this to you. But you guys can hand it to your friends and that will mean something to them, right? If they go to another church, we're not trying to poach church members, but maybe you want them to come so you know, we can show off our new digs, right? Or maybe you've been dying for an excuse to invite somebody that you know um, that doesn't have a church home. This is your opportunity, right? I'm putting something in your hands. Go invite somebody, okay? And then, um, yeah, don't let us down, okay? Because we're only expecting like maybe two or three families via the mail. But you guys can go out and bring your friends and that will mean a lot more to get this from a person, okay? What are the two rules? Negative stuff goes to yeah. this guy. All the positive stuff goes to okay. Yeah. Boom, there we go. Are okay. We yes, we do, and I'm sure that this is going to hit like all of the social media stuff that I don't know anything about. Okay? All right, uh, moving on. We have some things going on around here. Um, Lindsay, we're doing Hope Fit on Monday. Yep. Okay. So come go for a jog with us. And um, that is Monday nights at 7. Okay. So the d devotional starts at 7. Start jogging whenever the weather cools off, right? Is that pretty much it? Okay. Um, it's, is it boot camp week? No. Okay, good. Good. So I, I might come. Okay. Okay. Um, there are some Bible studies going on around here. Leroy's first and third are the men's group, and second and fourth are women and wine, right? Okay, very good. Yes, on our um, bulletin here, we've got our care groups. That has been, that is just way too close to everybody's hard work going into the um, open house on October the 7th. So we have kind of kicked that down the road. Um, we will tell you more about that. I believe it's in November, right, Mark? Okay, very good. There's gotta be something that I'm forgetting as far as announcements go. Youth group, tonight, are we feeding the kiddos? Yes, we're feeding kids. Sweet. Um, okay, what? Don't, 
Lindsay, we're not feeding our youth group McDonald's. Yes, we are. Okay, what time does that start? Six? Six o'clock. Okay, very good. All right, unless I'm forgetting something else, let's have all the important people come down. If you are in fifth grade or younger, come talk to me. How are you? Good, good. Hey. Yeah, are we in... We can't ever get you guys to line up single file. Come here. Come, come, come on. Ainsley, Ethan, come on. Single file? Wait. You guys are almost as weird as your parents. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I can't see you, Ainsley. You're so... Single file line. Okay, do you do you? Okay. Okay. All right, guys. I want to talk to you today about um, how we get to reflect the nature of God. Okay. Um, do you guys ever get a chance to? Flip your switch into being the sweetest little kid on the planet. So that's not the, the kid that's looking to, you know, annoy their brother or sister or cause trouble at home, right? This is when you're trying to be a sweetheart. Does anybody ever do that? Yeah. Ainsley, what do you do um, when you're being a sweetheart? How do you show your parents? Yeah, that's right. Because... Bradley needs lots of help, right? And so what do you do? You play with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And, you know, it's really sweet when you do that, and nobody even asked, right? That's when it's the sweetest, okay? I actually did that once or twice when I was a kid. Once or twice, like, I would run down the stairs and get my dad's briefcase that weighed as much as I did, and I would lug it up the stairs for him, you know? No one ever had to tell me. It probably happened, you know, less than five times, but I was, I was trying to be sweet, okay? And so this is what we get to do, right? We not only can be sweet to our mom and dad, right? You can be sweet to your friends, and you guys can be like little mirrors, okay? You guys know what mirrors are, correct? Yeah. Right? You guys can be little mirrors to the people around you of God's character, okay? And so you can show everyone around you when you're being sweet and when you maybe share your favorite toy or something like that, what God looks like, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, now I've got a a question for you. When you flip it into your sweet gear, right, does that make God love you more? No, no, it doesn't, right? Because God can't love you more right? This is not something you're doing to earn God's love, right? This is just something that you're doing because God has already loved you so much. Does that make sense? All right. So I want you guys to try to find a way to be super sweet this week without having to be told, okay? Can you think of your favorite toy that you're going to share with your sister? You don't know? Okay. I'm sure that you'll think of something, a bazillion toys. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yes, sir. Say that again. Yeah. So you can be sweet and go to school at the same time. Yeah. So maybe you could be sweet on the playground, right? Like, could you swear, um, could you share like the swing that you're playing on or let somebody go in front of you when you're on the, um, on the slide? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you could do that. I think Weston's already got a checklist of all the sweet things he wants to do this week. I like it, I like it. So let's end there before this gets out of control. Can I pray for you guys before you go to Hope for Kids? All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for these kids. Thank you for the way that they... Um, are relaxed here in your house. 
I pray that they would um, look for opportunities to love others because you have loved them. And I pray more than anything else that as they rest in your grace, that they would know that that this is not performance-based, that they are not um, trying to earn your love, but that your love has already been poured out completely for them and on them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Single file. Their teachers cannot get them to line up single file ever. Stepford kids, that's good. That's good. All right, let me get this out of the way and then we'll pray. Yes, ma'am. Right away, ma'am. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this time together. Um, Thank you for our pastor and his wife. I pray that you would use this time away to um, just rejuvenate them and bring them closer together. I pray that you would um, allow them to just soak up your love so that they're ready to come back and continue to pour their lives out um, into us and for us. Lord, I pray for our church as we are ramping up towards this um, open house that we would get a chance to um, just to reach out into our neighborhood and let people know that we want them to be a part of your family, that, um, that there's nothing special about us. Um, it's all about what you've done for us. Lord, I pray for our teachers as they are teaching those kids that you would pour out your, um, your grace on them. Heavenly Father, just help us to worship you in everything that we do and help us, after we leave your word today, to love you more than we ever have before. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Well, thanks for being here today. If you are visiting with us, uh, my name is Rusty Tungit. I am by far the youngest of the elders. Um, and <laughs> you can't tell by my hairline, I know, I know, but... Um, But it's my pleasure to get to bring you God's word today. And we are going to be in the book of Romans, okay? We have been preparing our church for this open house on October the 7th. Um, If you are wondering why we have giant post-it notes on our wall, that is not really our permanent decoration. Those are places to sign up and serve as we we get ready for that. There are still a few holes, but no pressure there. Um, We just want to give you the opportunity to be a part of it, okay? Um, I want to take you into the book of Romans, but we are going to jump all the way to um, chapter 12. So let's read this first, and then we'll kind of try to set the context, okay? So Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit, serve 
the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So it might be hard to understand this, um, this paragraph or these several paragraphs here in Romans if you don't understand what Paul is doing in the entire book, right? So this is a letter that Paul is writing to basically some kind of baby Christians in a city far away, right? He is um, writing to these Roman Christians who have not been brought up in the Old Testament like he has, right? Because Paul is like the superstar pupil who basically had the Old Testament memorized and he probably, you know, could wax and wane eloquently about it and show off. But he realized when he got saved that that knowledge doesn't mean anything until you're changed and then you act out of response of that knowledge. And that's exactly what he's trying to do in this entire book. So Paul is trying to, do you guys remember that um, scene in The Matrix? I know that that movie's a really old, but like Nemo lays back and they like plug in and they like teach him karate all at once, right? That is what Paul is trying to do, but he's trying to do it with the Old Testament. And he is trying to download the Old Testament into these people, explain it, and then at this point, in the book, he's kind of flipping the switch and saying, because of all of this knowledge, I'm going to ask you to do all of this other stuff. Okay, so let's go back to his greeting in um, Romans chapter one, right? And I think you'll see just a hint of what he's trying to do here. He begins the letter by saying, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name, among all the nations, including you who were called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the beginning of his letter, but he's referring back here in verse two that this is all based on things that were promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, right? So let's remember that at this time when Paul is writing this, what we call the New Testament simply did not exist, right? It was being written, right? Maybe some of the Gospels were written, maybe not, right? We, we don't know exactly when some of these were written, right? Because Paul doesn't tell us you know, in the fifth year of Caesar Augustus, like he doesn't help us date it, right? But the New Testament is taking shape. The holy scriptures that they had are what we would call the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, 
right? So for him, it's all about understanding and explaining what Moses had already taught us. Does that make sense? You guys tracking? So this is him trying to grow up this fledgling church in Rome and teach them everything that they need to know so that they can respond out of that knowledge in a loving way. So that's what's going on in the first part of this book. He is just hitting the high points, all the things they need to know. And most of it is what fancy Bible people would call soteriology. Okay, that's your big word of the day. Um, Soteriology is just the fancy word for the study of how we get saved. Okay, that we are depraved, right? That we can do nothing um, in and of ourselves, right? That we are all so marred by sin that what seems good to us in our natural state is always sin, right? And that we need, desperately need, God to die on the cross for our sins, that Jesus went and did that for us. And so this is Paul explaining this through much of the first part of Romans. And he takes a few asides. He talks about how, yeah, even after you save, you get saved, you're still going to do a lot of sinning and that you're going to hate the sin, but you're going to keep doing it. He talks about, okay, well, now we've got this whole like church thing, and, but there were these other people before us called Israel, and how do we work that out, right? That's an aside. But we get to chapter 12, and he says, in some versions, the first word in, um, in chapter 12, verse 1, is therefore, okay? Um, and whenever you see a therefore, you guys have probably heard preachers say this before, right? If there's a therefore, you ask, what is the therefore, right? The little play on words, therefore, therefore. Come on. Terry's tracking with me. Whew, I got one. Okay. So, okay, you're right. Wasn't funny. Thank you very much. Okay. Keeping it real. I love it, Jason. Thank you. Um, so, he's saying, with all this knowledge, how does that then play out in our lives? Right? He's turning the corner from kind of this theoretical, theological discussion to practical theology or ethics. And he's saying, now that you've got all this knowledge, this is how you live in response to that, okay? And this is where people miss Christianity because if they haven't been changed or if they're just starting to be changed and they don't truly understand how awful they truly are, they don't understand how wonderful Jesus' death on the cross is. And so they get to this section of, of a book by Paul and they just see a list of rules, do's and don'ts, right? Many of us have been in that church, right? Where it was just a list of rules, right? Your skirt has to be at least ankle length, Heaven forbid, you know, you stumble somebody's blocks by showing some calf, right? You can't do that. It's all just rules, right? But that's not Christianity. Christianity is responding to the love that God has already put out there for you. This is what you just want to do, right? This is Ainsley being a sweetheart and playing with her brother Bradley, not because she has to, but because... She wants to, right? So let's dig in a little bit here. So he's saying, I appeal to you, therefore, in the ESV, brothers, by the mercies of God. He's saying, these mercies are yours. So now let's look at what I need, what I want you to do in response, okay? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, right? So this calls forward this image of self sacrifice, right? It is the one thing, this picture, um, that has gotten all the way from Jesus on the cross 
all the way through our culture into Harry Potter, okay? Some of you don't, maybe you've never read Harry Potter. I would tell you, you need to read it because we have this lady, J.K. Rowling, write this seven series book where what she says is that the highest form of love is self-sacrifice. I don't know where she is heart-wise, but that is the message of her book. So if she is not a Christian, the fact that she understands that blows me away. Or she is a Christian and she's just amazingly talented and using this story to kind of grind that ax, to put that out there, okay? So there you go, go read Harry Potter. You heard it in a church. And if you disagree with me, I'll tell you why you're wrong later. <laughs> There's a, is there a verse in here about being humble? <laughs> I pick and choose sometimes. Maybe I'm not the only one. Okay, so present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Okay, we know we cannot do that on our own. We cannot be holy. We cannot be acceptable to God. That is only on the basis of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, okay? Which is your spiritual act of worship or your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, okay? I, um, you know, Terry brings this up during offertory that we only get like two hours with each other and kind of under the word each week, right? But there's 168 hours in every week, right? Some of us use those hours more productively than others, but we are bombarded during those other 168 hours by the message of the world, right? That everything is performance-based or just whatever, right? We're just constantly being marketed to, you know? You turn on the TV, next thing you know, there's all these things that you need that you didn't even know existed because our marketing is so effective, right? You're just constantly being bombarded. But this is where we use the word of God to renew our minds. We have to wash ourselves in the truth so much that we can start to pick out the lies, right? If you're watching TV, I challenge you to do this. My um, ethics professor in seminary used to play this game with his kids. Um, he didn't watch much TV, but I'm sure he watched college football. And as we all know, there's tons of commercials, right? So if you're sitting there and you're watching commercials, play the what's the lie game, right? So that when there's the Visa card commercial and they show like a little snippet, like a two second snippet of all the different stages in life, right? And in each one, they seem to be using a Visa card, right? The lie there is that you can't get through life without a Visa card, right? So next time you're, you're watching TV, next time you see a commercial, play that game, right? Start to spot the lie. And if you can't, well, they're probably just really sneaky. And two, bring in somebody else. Right, because I promise there's a lie in that marketing ad somewhere, right? You, you don't need anything but Jesus. Hint, hint, okay? All right, so do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, okay, by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, right? This is what we're trying to do. We are trying to study the truth so much that it's really easy for us to pick out the lies, right? Now, this is hard to do. Like, you've got jobs. You've got things on your plate, right? This is where you need Christian community, right? Because we all have blind spots. We all have places in our lives that the truth just isn't getting in there. And we need to love each other enough to grab each other by the scruff of the neck or, you know, whatever, and say, look, bro, you're screwing up. And I hope in that moment when you do that with me that I have the humility and the teachability to say, you're right. And then you can go and you can apologize and you can um, 
start to allow the word of God to invade that part of your life, okay? This is really, it's one of these things where if you just assume that you're gonna mess it up, it's a whole lot easier when somebody tells you that you're messing up, right? But that's not really how I like to go through life, right? You guys know my life motto is fake it till you make it. And so if somebody starts to point out where I'm not making it, I just get really defensive really fast because I try to act like I've got it all figured out. I'm better than that, right? So verse three, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. That's hard for me to hear. Um, maybe I'm not alone, but we ought to have a realistic perception of ourselves. We should not think of ourselves too highly. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, okay? So believe what Paul is really trying to get at here is that we as the church get to reflect the essential nature of God. The essential nature of God is expressed as the Trinity, okay? So, three words that you need to know about the Trinity, okay? Deity, unity, and diversity, okay? If we can keep these straight, we can, um, at least in our human understanding, try to understand the Trinity, okay? But when we mess these up, things go awry, Okay, let me give you some examples. If you mess up the unity of the Trinity, right, you can start to believe that there's more than one God, right? That God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit are three separate gods, right? So if you've been to Stone Oak, you see the golden statue of Moroni, this is one of the big mistakes of the Church of Latter-day Saints, okay? It is a poly polytheistic religion. If you explain Mormonism to a Hindu, they go, that's Hinduism. That's lots of gods, right? So that's if you mess up the um, unity factor. If you mess up the deity factor, if you forget that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God, you can slip into what our friends, the Jehovah's Witnesses, make that mistake. They do not understand that Jesus is God, very God of very God, okay? Um, so they kind of mess that up. But we, as the church, get to reflect this essential nature of God now, can we reflect the deity portion of that? No, right? But we can reflect the unity and the diversity part, okay? Your marriage does the same thing, okay? The unity that you are one, but that you do different things, right? You are equal in value, but you might have different jobs depending on your division of labor at your house, right? The church and marriage are both reflecting the essential nature of the Trinity, okay? And so that's what he's calling us to do here, that we are one body, but we don't all have the same gifts. We don't all have the same job, right? Hallelujah, right? Like, can you imagine if there was more than one me? I'm too much to take as it is, right? You don't want more than one, right? We need lots of different people. We need lots of different gifts. And we need you here expressing your gifts, right? I was talking um, last night about the concept of quality time versus a quantity of time, okay? 
Um, I don't remember, I don't know when this kind of idea came out. It was a pop culture kind of thing that as a parent, you could plan quality time with your kids, right? Maybe this is like mid-90s, I don't, I don't know. And, and a lot of it was around this idea that as families began to break up, that you, as the parent that got less time with the kids, you needed to plan quality time. Right? And this is just a complete and total misnomer. Right? You have to have quantity of time, and then just magically, the quality will happen without you being able to plan it. Okay? I got a chance to um, take a middle schooler on a regular basis to a Bible study once. And we did this like all summer long. Right? And for most of the summer, for the first probably three quarters of it, it was just simply giving somebody else a ride. Right? But after probably six or eight rides, we got to have one really important conversation about relationships and boundaries and, and that kind of stuff. And I could have never planned that conversation, but it was a, because we put in the time, the quantity, the quality just kind of happened, right? And so, you know, life happens, and most of us miss church. It just happens, right? But when you have the opportunity to be here, it's amazing how that quantity of time with each other will bring about quality discussions or give you the opportunity to get to know someone and to dive into their lives. And it's at that point, that you might uncover something that you can do for this person, a way that you can love on this person, right? And that's what we want to share with our community, right? We want to explain to them that there's nothing really special about us. God picked us up, dusted us off, taught us that he had already died on the cross for our sins, and that we're just here trying to get to know each other and love on each other in the different ways that God has gifted us, right? That's all we're trying to do. Um, and the more you're here, the more opportunity we get to know each other, right? So where were we? Which verse were we in? Somebody help me out. Six? Nice. Okay, so having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who, acts of, uh, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So you can kind of go through scripture and you can find different lists of the gifts, right? It's not so much important that we nail down what all the gifts are as we figure out how the Holy Spirit has gifted each one of us so that we can kind of concentrate on expressing that, okay? If you feel like you don't have a gift, well, join the club. Lots of us feel that way, but you do. If you are full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has gifted you in unique ways. And we will be a better body as soon as you get engaged or we figure out that, you know, if you're in the wrong spot and what you're doing for the church is just draining all of the joy out of your life, well, let's get you out of there and get you in the right place, into a place where you can serve that gives you energy and joy right? It's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that's going to scare some of you, and I'm really glad that Kathy's not here when I say this. It's okay to let the ball drop. How many of you just got scared at that idea? Like, right? Right? So, I mean, it's like we're supposed to be this smooth, cohesive unit, but it's okay if the ball gets dropped, right? And we, we're not perfect. The ball can be dropped. Let's choose people and sanity over 
dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's, okay? Now, if we can do both, that's great. I love dotted I's, cross T's. You know, when it looks pretty and we're taking care of people, that's great. But if we've got to choose, let's choose the people and the relationships and the unity over the other stuff. Does that make sense? Okay. Glad Kathy's not here for that. She probably wants to shoot me right now. Okay. So, verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Guys, this is simply living out the love that we've experienced from God. Right? When we do these things, we are not earning God's love. Right? God is not going to love you more if you let your love be genuine or if you abhor what is evil. Right? That is impossible. I think I probably say that every single time up here, and you guys probably get it. I just say that for myself. Like, I need to hear that. This is not American performance right? It's so much better than that. But we can respond out of God's love. And because his love is genuine, let's, you know, get to know each other and love each other genuinely. Let's hate what is evil, right? In our culture today, the word hate is, they're trying to push it out. And every time I hear that kind of talk, I just go, no, stop. There are things you should hate, right? And then we walk this fine line of trying to love people who do things that we ought to hate. And I don't know exactly how to do that, um, but I want to hate sin. I want to hate things that are evil, right? That's where we should be. There are things you ought to hate. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Right? We, these are get-tos. Right? Let's go out of our way to dig into each other's lives and to love one another. Right? Um, it's just, it's the sweet stuff of church when you get to know someone and get to love on them. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, right? These are just encouraging words, right? We were to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, okay? That one's really hard for me. If it's painful, I want out now. I don't do pain. I don't like pain, I never will. Don't ask me to be patient, right? But I think that what he's saying here is that when it's painful, like it, that's a reminder that we live in a broken and fallen world and we shouldn't be quick to run from the pain. Um, I don't like pain. That one's hard for me. Be constant in prayer. Um, I wish I was constant in prayer. I need to be. I read once that if you wanted to humble anyone, just ask them about their prayer life. I don't think anybody feels great about their prayer life. We always feel like we could pray more, right? Um, the Holy Spirit does pray on our behalf, okay? Um, but again, this is not something where you're earning God's love. This is out of response, right? If you can keep it in the forefront of your mind, how good God has been to you, it's so much easier to be in conversation with him all day long, saying the little thank yous for all the different ways that God cares for you. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Um, our hospitality team is actually going to have a meeting, our greeting team, right? This afternoon, if you can stick around and learn how to be a greeter so that we are all kind of ready to reach out to people that we haven't met, right? How do we do that? How do we not make somebody uncomfortable that we haven't met before? Or um, what do we assume when we don't recognize someone, 
right? 14. This stuff is really hard. And so let me, I'm just going to let these words hit you. Um, but I want you to know that what Paul is asking you to do, he's asking you to be so radically different because the God that has loved us and died on the cross for us is so different. So when these words go, huh, how do I do that? He's asking you to be radically different than everybody else in the culture around us, okay? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with with one another. Do not be haughty or arrogant, but associate with the lowly, okay? Um, Don't everybody rush to take me to lunch all at one time because you're trying to associate with the lowly. I'd like to spread that out if you don't mind, right? Um, but guys, we're, we're not here. Um, wh- one of my favorite things about this church is the way that we go down to Blueprint, right? We're serving people in another part of San Antonio that, that even if they are gonna attend a church, it's not gonna be this one, right? We're not making a return on investment or an ROI calculation when we go to serve, right? Because we're not, we're just going to give, right? With no expectations on the back end. Never be wise in your own sight. And this next verse is the, is the one that really steps on my toes. Repay no one evil for evil. Wait a minute. Like, that's weird. If, if somebody gets me, look, I'm going to get them back, right? That's just my natural reaction. I'm just going to do that before I have time to think about it, right? But this is where he's saying, be radically different. You do not need to fight for yourself. Now, it's okay to fight for other people for injustice, right? But God has your back. You don't need to fight for yourself. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so Paul uses this passage to answer the question, now that I understand the character of God, how shall I now live, right? What is my response to the very nature of who God is? And here in the church, we express that in two big ways, right? That we are of one mind, that we are unified, Right? That, um, that it's okay to express our diversity, that we are gifted in different ways. This idea is so important to Paul that he brings it up again at the very end of his letter. Um, if you've got your Bibles, flip to Romans 16, verse 17. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Look out for issues or some set of behaviors that causes division, right? Probably that's within us, right? Let's avoid that. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive, okay? There are false teachers, right? Turn on your TV, watch TVN, right? And, and listen to how you will be blessed if you will just give, okay? Um, newsflash, usually being blessed by God is gonna cause you pain because it's in that pain 
that he will shape you into his image. That is being blessed, not driving a newer, nicer car. Sorry. Where were we? 19. For your obedience is known to all so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. Right? As we get to know God, we can see the difference. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Okay? So this is so important to Paul that he brings up these ideas of unity again, okay? So as we move into this season, let's find ways to stay unified, right? Um, Those of you who are stressed out at work, right? Stay unified at home, right? Let's reflect the very essential nature of who God is and when we mess that up, Let's apologize and just live and bask in God's grace and his mercy. Will you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that there is nothing that we can do to earn your love, that you have poured it out on us completely. Help us to um, rest in your sovereignty, help us to um, not run from the painful experiences in life. Help us to just rest in your goodness that, that we know that you are good, that you are holy, and that you have us, that you are shaping us into your son's image. Lord, I pray for um, our greeter team meeting this afternoon. John and April are going to run. I pray that that would go well. I pray that as we step into this new season as a church, that we would get an opportunity to to show our neighborhood um, how flawed we are and how we live in your grace and how when they bring their baggage to our church, they are certainly not messing it up because you have brought a whole bunch of people here together to work through baggage together already. Lord, help us to be open and honest about um, who we are and what we're afraid of, and then to just live transparent, authentic lives where we sincerely love each other. And, um, And as we do this, help us to just worship you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Good morning. My name is Dan Moreno. <clears throat> From the youngest elder over there to the oldest elder over here. Um, yeah, like the demo. Yeah. Um, this is the uh, time of offertory where we think about our gifts and our talents and we offer ourselves um, to the unity of church, to the unity of Hope Church, to the body of these people, of all of you here at Hope. <clears throat> we don't pass the plate here, uh, but there is a contribution box in the back there if you're so inclined to do that. Uh, <clears throat> First of all, I want to say hello to Randy and Kate Malkow. Thank you so much for being here. Yay. Randy and Kate were part of the foundation of Hope Church a long time ago. And we're so glad to see you. Thank you for being here, man. It's awesome. Also, uh, we also have another guest today. His name is Jack, I mean, Chuck Jackson. He wrote this book. If you have a chance to read it, read it. You'll understand what uh, going through hard times is. And as humble as he is, now he serves in uh, Honduras. And he's taking care of people there, doing his best with very little of anything. So it's an honor to have you here, sir. Thank you so much for being here. So all of this ties into unity, you know. Unity being probably key to what God wants us to have. And we do that. We share it every time that we're together here. I, I honestly feel that uh, without that, we, we'd be lost. We'd be blown away in the wind. We wouldn't have anything here. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the peace and the love uh, that we all share and in the unity of the Holy Spirit. I ask you that... Uh, Consider what uh, has been said today. The only part of this I didn't like is a heaping of coals on top of your head. That doesn't sound very comfortable. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, I'm not the kind of guy to forgive very easily. Kind of like a, I'm a mean person, actually. I'm kind of a, I'm a fighter. I still haven't learned to stop that. But anyway, um, I think when we think about what uh, what God wants us to do and act in love and kindness and the, the, the gifts that you have that are teaching, singing, preaching, whatever gifts you have, bring them every day, not just to Hope Church, but to everyone that you, that you meet, that you encounter. Share with them. And that's how you share God's love. So as the music plays, think about what your gifts are and how you can share that to bring unity because we want unity in order for all of us to continue to live in the life of, of Christ. be an instrument of your peace Father God we ask that all our prayers be answered and in your own and unique way we thank you Father God for this church we thank you for the many blessings we have received seen and unseen that our words are lifted up to you because we love you we adore you we ask that you continue to bless us take care of us and fill us with your Holy Spirit. In the name of our Lord, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we have one last song to sing. And uh, uh, so I understand we have a writer in the house. We also have a song composer in the house. So <laughs> you're, you're giving me the eye. But uh, the Malcos, uh, when they were here, if you didn't know, uh, Kate was our worship leader for uh, at least a couple of years. And uh, and uh, uh, so we, Lois and I, uh, were privileged, and I don't know if anybody else was on the team at that point, to to, to, Gretchen. to be on the, and Gretchen was on the team, uh, to work with uh, Kate when she did that. And th this is a song that we are one in the spirit that she composed uh, uh, in that role, and uh, so we're going to 
we're going to sing it by ourselves. And we so. sing it a lot. We do. We love it. It's a standard. <laughs> yeah, not just for you. <laughs> but please stand and join with us as we sing this last song. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> you've got some homework, right? You're going to find a friend to give your postcard to. You are going to get with Scott or Leah or Tiffany and make a video and just take five seconds, 10 seconds, no more than 20 seconds, and just say I love you, right? In your own unique way. And then um, we also really want everybody to be a greeter. So um, I'm going to bless you you're going to go to the bathroom, then you're going to come back in here. And I'm sure that John is much better about being short than I am. Okay? So John and April are going to teach us how to be greeters. And then we're still going to get you to the restaurant before the Baptists. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Okay? So take God's word into your heart this, as you go out this week. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Have a great week, guys. More than all I find.